Then Fancy Dinosaurs is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Hello, and you're listening to Dem Fancy Dinosaurs, the shit-talking podcast for movies, TV shows, and pop culture. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and with me today, I have a special guest because Nick, the other guy, is, I don't know, sick or dying or something, I'm not sure. So this is our other host, our guest host for today, Nick. Other hey, Nick. how's it going, everyone? <laughs> hey, <laughs> this is other Nick. He's just um, a friend of ours, gamer, enthusiast, other things. What would you call yourself? Uh, full-blown geek. <laughs> right. Um, well, today it's going to be a little bit more fluid and loose to what we normally have. Uh, Nick is the prep, the other Nick, <laughs> other guy. Um, he's more the prep guy. So today we're just low-balling and... <laughs> Spitballing. Spitballing. Yeah, that's it. Not low-balling. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> low-balling is when you give someone uh, purposely a lower price for better for bargaining. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just the weekend passed, my brother, uh, he holds these game tournaments sometimes. And this last weekend, we he held a Smash Brothers tournament and he had a full-on championship belt and Nick won. Yes, that I did. It's a really nice belt. Uh, it's custom made. We got to thank uh, Dave for doing the designs for that went on the belt, but most likely thanking Jan because he ordered the belt from Canada and it was actually a random conversation where I actually guessed the main prize when he called up um, because I watched documentaries because, spoilers for everyone, I'm a fan of pro wrestling as well and other sports, lots and lots of unbaggage is going to happen during this podcast. Um, Basically, I watched a documentary of a guy who makes the championship belts for the UFC or any other organizations from MMA to pro wrestling, anyone, any championship belt you can ever think of, even custom belts, he's the one guy that does it and he's in Canada. And basically all Jan told me was that he was going to get a prize from Canada. And I said, it's a championship belt, is it? And his response straight away was, how did you know? And it's like, I'm sorry, I'm just that big of a geek that I actually know where the belts are made and everything about that. But either way, excellent belt, excellent tournament as well. Yeah, Yeah, very well organized, Um, even though we turned up a bit later because we were getting ourselves lunch. But overall, it was very well run tournament. Everyone Mm -hmm. really enjoyed themselves and... Over a very good event, a lot of good prizes as well. A yeah, lot of really, really good prizes. And I'm, and I'm so fucking butthurt about it. That belt should be mine. <laughs> it should be fucking mine. That, yeah, that's why I held on to the perks. Um, spoilers: <laughs> we had like little perks that are uh, given to everyone, and basically you could only play them once during the entire tournament. Yeah. So I saved the two best perks, which was to cancel one and to make someone use a terrible controller, yeah. basically to win. So I was like, if I could just hold on to the end, but that's why I switched. I used the other perk of. Um, switching the people on the board of who they would play against because I wanted you to play against Dave yeah. or someone really, really good because I wanted you to lose the extra life so you yeah. would come in with empty yeah. and everything. Yeah, no, it, was, it was a good thing. But what, like I talked to Yard about it, he's probably going to get rid of the perks. He feels like it was uh, really unbalanced. Oh, yeah, that absolutely kind of unbalanced. Yeah. That's why I won because how unbalanced <laughs> it was. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like it's... I literally won every other prize. Yeah, you won every other prize. I just won the main prize. <laughs> That's because they fucking perks. Oh, yeah, got Andrew trying to give me like a little snide remark on Facebook about it and everything. It's like, yeah, because I'm happy because I won. <laughs> yeah, of course. You fucking won. Like, <laughs> I won the tournament. I won the belt. Of course, I don't it care doesn't matter. for a year. Yeah, it doesn't matter how you win. Yeah. It's you win. <laughs> I didn't have to cheat, so I won. So that's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a fucking... Amazing tournament, actually, and I can't wait. The, the next one, we're probably going to live stream on Twitch. 
most likely. And that's probably going to be in October this year, actually. Yeah, I was thinking about having it. Oh, that's so cool. you're going to have to defend your title. Yes. Hopefully, <laughs> don't book it around the same time at PAX, please, because I always go to PAX every year. Yeah. That's basically it. <laughs> It'll probably be, yeah, the weekend after or something there. Yeah, yeah, that works. Or the weekend before, so you could be like, yeah, look at the belt. I'm the champion. <laughs> yeah, that gives you enough time to set up a green screen and make a fake pro wrestling promotion for it and everything else like that. That works. Yeah, I'll go, I I'll, I'll want to make a wrestling promotion for it as well, like challenging you. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of doing like the classic promos from the 80s and everything, like mm. Dusty Rhodes. I just have a um, squirt bottle so I look extra overweight and sweaty, like all the old wrestlers <laughs> used to and everything. Like they just walked out, but they look like they're already exhausted. Yep, I want to do the Macho Man, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage one where he's just like, can't move properly. <laughs> yeah, he spins around on the spot. He twitches out a bit and everything. It looks like there's something wrong with his bones. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the cream rising to the top in that promo, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, you've been playing some new games recently, have you? Uh, yes, I I own a Switch and a PS4 and a gaming PC, but I ba basically, I'm not a snob when it comes to gaming. I play on all platforms, except mobile phones. They're terrible. Yeah, like uh, I haven't uh, had too much time to play video games Lately, um, yeah, just lots of work preparing for school in February. But you play, you played No More Heroes. Yes, the new No More Heroes. Travis Strikes Back. Um, How, this, how's it? Well, I'm going to break it down compared to the first two games. It's not No More Heroes three, so don't go in with those expectations. It's right. more. I look at this game as um, basically. Uh, everyone knows who. Uh, everyone should know who Suda Fifty One is. He's the original writer and director of. Uh, no More Heroes. Mm -hmm. He originally got hired by Shinji Mikami when he was still working at Capcom to work on Killer7 uh, because basically Mikami, I don't know how, well, he must have went out to like some nightclub or something like that and <laughs> ran into this absolutely crazy dude because this guy, uh, Suda, has worked with his own little studio called Grasshopper Studios. They made some niche games on the PS2 um, they, they haven't aged well, but they're very creative, though. There's like one game where it's a zombie game where you're playing from the perspective of one of the survivors with a video camera recording it all oh, and everything. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, Suda always comes, Suda51 is his name, his pen name, most likely. Of course. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's his birth name. His yeah, yeah, just his like pen, uh, yeah, Suda and uh, <laughs> Rokuchi. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, that's probably not the right, right pronunciation for 51, but we're just spitballing yeah, here. Yeah, sure, so why not? Um, but yeah, basically what happened is that Mikami found this guy, and, uh, brilliant, brilliant guy. When he actually sits down and writes stuff, I think that's the, the probably his biggest problem of his career is that his name gets slapped onto something, but he's not directing or writing. He only like, just contributes bits by bits, mm -hmm. but he gets all the blame thrown onto him, like Lollipop, Chainsaw, um, the other assassin one that came up. Uh, there's like free, there's actually like the. Um, the one by EA where there's a Carlos going down into the death and everything else like oh, that. Oh, that's, um... You know, it has where the gun where he talks about his boner yeah, all the time. Yeah. He goes, taste my big boner. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what the hell was the game called? Yeah. But, the, but the, either way, I can sum it up it, yeah. now. I can... Well, the, the reason why I'm bringing up these games is because these games actually turn up in Travis Strikes Back. Yeah. In other words, it connects up the Killer7 and that one's world with the No More Heroes world. Basically, at the start, Dan Smith from Killer7 turns up at the opening. Yeah. Um, and basically, Carlos also appears in one of the later levels of the game because you're going through what was supposed to be the game, supposed to be Howard Bill, which was a top-down beat-em-up and everything with mm. demons and everything else like that. But EA changed him to make it a third-person 
shooter and everything. Also, an even funnier fact is that the gun was not supposed to be a talking skull. It was actually meant to be a magical lolly that loaded the bullets, <laughs> the bullets for you. And EA saw that like, what is this? Change this. Fucking <laughs> EA. It's just the worst company in the world. Oh, yeah. So, like, they're so literally, right? They're, oh, they're oh, literally yeah. the worst company oh, in yeah, the world. They're undisputed the worst company. And everyone <laughs> tries to say, oh, you just don't like loot crates or, you know, they make most of their money. Well, I have many reasons to hate them because one, they're one of the reasons why Sega lost the licenses to making sports games because they bought all the rights to the NFL Fuck. and NHL and everything right during the Dreamcast launched. Damn. And I'll tell you now, the Dreamcast versions of NFL and NHL are way better than the modern stuff that's coming out right now. <laughs> Even other companies that used to make games like um midway remember the nba jam and all that yeah they again they didn't get the nba license because all the because ea was one of the big causes that caused all these other big studios to run in and buy the licenses for these brands fuck so that's why uh-huh. we don't that's why we got an nba jam decades later because ea was still sitting on the nba license oh, and then that's where one guy was able to trick them i'm not saying convincing he had to trick them <laughs> to making a good game <laughs> <laughs> did he really trick him? No, uh, he, he did the whole, you know, thing. He's just like, oh, we best pitch for NBA Jam or anything. But I bet you he probably pitched a completely different thing and worked on it and it was too far into development to can it. And, like that. and they probably did it like because that. Aren't they actually, weren't they voted worst company in America? Like twice. Yeah, twice. By <laughs> consu- there's a consumer advocate group that asked people what they think is the worst company in the United States and EA was number one twice and before <laughs> anyone again has tried to say you don't like it because of this or that it's like no i'm going to actually get into uh probably the big one that was made in the south park episode is that they actually profit from college students playing because there's laws in place that say that the students cannot collect royalties off their likenesses hmm. so basically ea has access to the entire college basketball league the schools make the money, not Damn. the students. So That's basically fucked. all the students put out the hard work and everything, don't make a cent of it, and the school collects a massive check on top of it, and EA collects the majority That's of really it. That's really bullshit because isn't college football and stuff a massive part of a footballer's career? That's yeah. like a big chunk of it. Actually, college football is bigger than the NFL itself. Of really how much shit. of attendance in numbers and how many people watch it. Damn. It is much bigger. And, well, comparing now, the NFL has had a massive down spike in attendance because Colin Kaepernick decided to burn the bridge with yeah, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, yeah, college football has an enormous spike. So college basketball, football, most college sports are the most gambled on events in the United States as well. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal made the majority of his money in majority of his fortune in college basketball because he told his family to bet everything on him because that's how good he was. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's Shit, how it is. Before, yeah, before he actually joined the NBA, he was already a multimillionaire. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that comes down to... Not only that part. Oh, oh, there's many, many more reasons. One, the games they make aren't finished. Oh, they're crap. <laughs> and once you get them, it's not the game. In so- Again, we have a Blu-ray disc which should sold all the data for this. And yeah. I watched you when you played the when you got gifted the Battlefield, not bought oh. the Battlefield game, <laughs> yeah. the Star Wars Battlefield. When game. I was trying to install it for like half a day. <laughs> yeah, half a day because there was like another forty gigs that had to be installed on it like, as well. What the from- fuck, forty gigs to install? Like, it, it should be on the disc because the Blu-ray disc should be able to hold all that data, but they. Again, they cut corners and everything else like that. And then basically they turn around and they act surprised that, you know, when people don't want to buy their products or anything else mm. like that. And we just went on a tangent then. So back <laughs> on the story with Suda 51. So yeah, back to the yep. game that it is. This is basically, I look at this game from how it's presenting itself from the story and everything else like that. This is basically Suda coming to realizations that 
he can be that independent guy that he always wanted to be and start making games that he can just afford to make himself because his um, the main character, Travis Touchdown, wears different T-shirts all the time in the other ge- other two games. And these were all like original designs that he got him or his fans to draw up and everything else like mm. that. In this one, majority of them are all indie games. That's from, really cool. from Devolver Digital, from all the other ones, there's references to Devolver Digital in the script as well and yeah. everything. Basically, it's a very, very big, it's a, it's a love letter to the indie scene and everything. And mm. you can tell, I think this is something that he really needs to make. He needed to go back and play because this game has a lot of references to a lot of older genres and everything including bad fmv (laughs) opening (laughs) videos which you got for one level uh another one with bad 3d early playstation one 3d openings and everything (laughs) else like with Um, pre-rendered backgrounds as well for some levels now no more heroes let's be honest it's all about the bosses how the bosses the bosses are amazing, of course. Um, the bosses are the, you. You keep going through like the standard pixelated goons and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Um, but tell, bas- us, tell us just about the first boss then. The first boss is called Electric uh, Thunder Tiger Two. That's the game you start <laughs> off with. Thunder Tiger Two. <laughs> and basically, it's an arcade game that Travis is uh, nostalgic for, and it's you play as a a fight against a guy who's just shoots electricity everywhere and fights against villains and everything else like that. <laughs> um, and Travis even before each of the fights, Travis actually has a small conversation with each of the bosses before yeah. that. Uh, but when it comes down to that one, he actually, you know, really, really admired this character. And he says, Oh, you're the one I played the most of the game. I wanted to learn most and everything. And that's where after you beat a boss, he has like a sit down, segment like he's been recording the conversation and that's what he said it's like man i can't believe i had to kill my hero there's no more heroes now oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ooh, yeah they said the name of the game in the game <laughs> oh yeah that's what they did but yeah it's just basically as someone i remember i'm gonna get a shout out to some gaming channels that people should watch but the one who made it for called the gaming brit perfectly summed up this game oh, it is sorry what was that the uh it's called the gaming brit channel the gaming brit yeah yep. despite its name um he's actually a younger guy he's about 10 years younger than us who oh, yeah. got into gaming during the ps2 era yep. but now he's actually making the exact same arguments i have as an older <laughs> man of you know how gaming has been completely stripped down of its content and everything and trying mm. to sell back and everything um but yeah, he talked about, he, he really broke down the game and he said, it's like, this game is about Travis has gone away and is learning to come back. And that's, that's perfectly cool. sums it up. Oh, it's like Travis strikes back. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's yeah. why it's called Travis strikes back. But it, it's, it matches the same scenario with Suda because after he worked for EA and the big publishers for those free games and everything, he's come he, back. He, yeah, did, he disappeared for ages. Yeah. He disappeared for a good five he, years. He, yeah. He, cause he, he, cause with the rise of No More Heroes and then, uh, he was so popular when No More Heroes came out. He was making games left, right and center. Yeah. And then No More Heroes 2 came out and then he kind of just disappeared. Yeah, because it came, again, no, um, it come down to, as I was discussing before, his name was on No More's Heroes, but he didn't write No More Heroes really? 2. Yeah, he just put his name out there. That, and that makes was it. sense, because No More Heroes 2 wasn't... It wasn't as tight as written as the other one. Nah. Like, the first one was actually uh, a look into someone's self-obsession about becoming a winner, but at the same time is holding back oh, all man. his emotions it's, of it's being just, a monster it, and everything. It's, it's, here's the best way to describe Suda for people who don't really play video games. Suda, I see, is the Quentin Tarantino of video games. Absolutely. Yeah. His <laughs> presentation-wise just- and the story-wise, he absolutely matches that description. Yeah. Especially it happens in um, the newest one. There is a lot of retro throwback into it. Retro flow- throwback. He makes shit look really cool. Stories are so in-depth. Characters are just 
so many different levels and then no more heroes 2 came out i'm like this is this doesn't feel right it doesn't yeah, it feel does, like his thing <laughs> yeah it doesn't because then travis touchdown becomes a completely different character in the second game because yeah. the first one he just he wants to win but he can't seem to describe why he wants to win there's something in the yeah. back of his mind that's blocked out there and everything yeah. <laughs> but he wants to win uh and then number two comes along and everyone's like oh it's travis the great travis the wonderful and travis like yep i'm awesome and great Woo, Woo. party around me it's yeah, like no Woo. that's not travis touchdown yeah. travis is meant to be a dork he's yeah. meant to be absolutely socially awkward and everything and yeah. this one he's just everyone loves him and he's just all cool with it and also this game breaks one of the biggest tropes i hate of it it is telling but not showing which is what films these days try to get away with they try trying to tell the audiences what number, happened number two yeah yeah number two does this many many times yeah. like shinobu a side character comes back and she's specific you get to play as her yeah but she specifically cool. talks about winning a tournament against other assassins to win a championship belt and Travis is just like oh wow neat and my reaction is like yeah too bad I didn't get to play as that that would have been really cool yeah (laughs) (laughs) the biggest thing is about I don't like spoon-fed stories yes absolutely not what I'm trying to explain is that Travis um no more heroes to miss the mark for me because they it was an action game right but it didn't have that pseudo flair that pseudo story tone to it it and was, so I'm just like, Ugh. I think the best way to describe it, it was more, the first one was way more down to earth when it came to writing in its characters. Yep. All the other assassins you fought against had their own personal reasons to be in the tournament oh, and everything. Yeah, and it felt so full. The actual, the, the world felt full. Yes. Like you believe that you lived all, in Santa destroy. Yeah. yeah. You, you believe that all these different assassins and whatnot had their own stories up to that point. Yes. That the story was, that the world was so full that, Travis Touchdown wasn't the only person in that world. Yes. No More Heroes 2, it felt like Travis Touchdown was the only person in that world. Yeah, that's basically and everything and was all, building around Yeah, him. and all the villains that turned up are just there for the sake of it. Like that football one, what was the point of that? I, I think know. everyone would know about a football player that turns into a giant mech with all the cheerleaders. Yeah. It wouldn't be a secret to anyone yeah. or anything else like that. Yeah. Oh, do you know what my best, my favorite fight from the original one was? The uh, baseball one. Against Bad Girl. No, no, not that one. Not Bad Girl's fight. The the other guy. Oh, Doctor Strange. Is it Doctor Strange, the guy yeah. with a gun? Yes. Yeah. He was, oh, I just love that fight. Oh, yeah. It's just something about it that, like, I can't remember exactly what happens when leading up to it, but I just remember playing it. I'm like, this is fucking cool. What makes that fight amazing is because you go to a baseball stadium and you fight through all the goons as usual, the set yeah. standard stuff when it comes to beat-em-ups, but it's the presentation oh, of it yeah. when he it's comes out. He's, he's singing that song. He's singing that song in the empty stadium. He's got amazing vocals. It <laughs> really booms out. Like he's really, really singing this very well and everything. Yeah. Um, and But then suddenly once Travis comes on after he's finished the song, he's, his demeanor and attitude completely changes. Yeah. And it's basically he understands why Travis is there and it becomes an amazing fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I say probably one of my favorite fight out of the No More Hero, the first one would always have to be the Shinobu fight. Yeah, that was Because, really cool. again, she thinks Travis Touchdown killed her father, who was his master and everything, but he didn't. He just watched a VHS tape until it ran out. That's what he reveals <laughs> until the end of it. Which works. You can watch, learn by watching people doing certain techniques and everything. So that yeah. is legit. Um but it's just everything that sets up to that fight and everything. It's just him meeting her and everything else like that. And then that you find the small little gymnasium and everything and that booming soundtrack, which is like, dum, 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 boom, 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 <laughs> and it just pumps you up for that fight. Everything about it is just so well done in that fight. Yep. 
like I said, Tarantino of video games, Suda51. He definitely is. If you guys like video games and you haven't played uh, any of Suda's games. Grasshopper check- Manufacturer should yep. you be looking up. That's yep. basically his studio and they made games for the PS2. They made it for the PS1. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made it for the DS. Is No More Heroes uh, Travis Strikes Back, is that on all platforms? Only for the Switch. Only for the Switch at the moment. <laughs> yeah, only for the Switch. Uh, no More Heroes 1 and 2 were both released for the Wii. 2 was remained exclusive to the Wii. Did it really? No More Heroes 1 has been reported to the PS3 and the Xbox 360 where uh-huh. they were actually uncensored <laughs> and actually ran at a proper frame like, because that's the issue with the first one is that the first one when it was released in the United States was uncensored so if you chopped people's like in half and everything with a, with a <laughs> lightsaber blood fountains everywhere exactly what you expect from a uh, samurai film or anything like the old ones and everything else like that yep. just everywhere when we got it everyone the power region because again a lot of people growing up now or starting games don't understand we used to have a thing called power formatting which made every video game worse <laughs> and i'm not joking i mean every video game looked blurrier and ran at half the frame rate yeah it was terrible <laughs> so basically when we got it for um the wii when it came out and everything we got the censored version so basically everyone just turned into dust uh, yeah. like black dust straight away fun <laughs> game though that doesn't take away from it but you should have gone for the head <laughs> Yeah, that's what it is. It's basically it's an Infinity War. Everyone just wastes away after they get cut up and stuff like that. But like I said, it's just like they still didn't change the script and that's the big factor of that game. I'll say more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically when it came down to the re-release, that's where they had them uncensored and mm-hmm. basically in HD graphics and everything else like that. It's fucking dope. Yeah, it's a dope release. Um, but of course, saying this now, anyone's like, well, why would I play a PlayStation 3 because they take forever to load and everything? It's like, well, fair enough. Hopefully we can probably get <laughs> a new re-release yeah, down the road I or anything. Yeah, I can see them re-releasing No More Heroes 1 and 2. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, yeah the, make some money. It. Well, we got Akami and we're getting a lot of PS2 games poured oh, over. That, mwah. I love that game so much, but I can't play it again. Yeah. Because it's just too big. Yeah, it's way too big. That <laughs> game should have ended like after the Orochi battle. Yeah, it, right. It, it built up perfectly to that. And then you're like, yeah, that's a good game. Wait, there's more. And you don't even, and you can tell they're just trying to throw things out to try and make it go longer. <laughs> it wasn't just throwing it out. They, they they built it like completely. It was massive. Yeah. Like they really took care of that game. It was beautiful. Oh, yes. And they took their time and everything, but it's just so big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I tried playing it. Uh, like, I think it was last year. I tried to play it again, and I got about 10 hours in. I'm like, wow, <laughs> I yeah. don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's just, again, that's um, Clover Studios, who are now Platinum Studios, which I recommend. Wizards. And, yeah, with tech wizards, basically. <laughs> considering Sega gave them, like, no budget to work on their games, and they were able to pull off stuff like Vanquish and Bayonetta, which is... Phenomenal mm. games, which I recommend anyone play. Yeah. Um, again, or if you want to have a real laugh, always look up the head of Platinum's uh, developer called K- Kamea, K-A-M-I-M-I-Y-A, uh, Kamea. Yeah. And you'll know it's him straight away. When you look it up, you'll just see the, all the saved in images. He's one of the developers I think people should look up to where he just fights with people that completely <laughs> lie about his games and stuff or demand things from him that you know he... He tells them that he has no control over, but they still do it. So he just basically gets into fights with them all the time, <laughs> which is great. Oh, all right. Um, what indie games have you been playing lately? Uh, other games I've been playing. Indie or other ones? Yeah, indie. Indie, indie games. Um, well, you, we, I re- went back and finished Bomb Chicken. 
Oh, how good is that game? That it's a very, very fun game for the Switch. <laughs> yeah, it's dirt cool. cheap as well, people. Very fun game where yeah, you play a chicken that just chicken. lays bombs <laughs> and that's it. I <laughs> said. Um, and the other games that have been on there, I got Think of the Children, which I played a bit of a PAX and I had a what lot of fun. What was that one? Uh, called Think of the Children. Think it's of the based, Children. I thought you be- said Finger the Children. No, like, no, what? No, 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 no. Please, if any authorities are listening to I didn't say that. I said Think of the Children. basically it's a a game it's about playing babysitting but basically what happens is kids are put in a random location and you have to watch out for each kid what they do so basically the first level i played was at a park and all the kids ran off into different directions and one gets taken away by child services another one got hit by a car (laughs) on the road and another one basically sank into the sandpit so you have to organize with everyone to keep the children arranged and organized while setting up party events and (laughs) everything else like that yes that's why it's called think of the children so it's a very original nice game um a lot of like uh wind jammers was re-released for the switch as well which was a port of a neo geo game um which is old grandpa times where basically that was <laughs> that came out during the Super Nintendo Mega Drive era, which was you could actually get arcade ports. Fucking Neo Geo and stuff, mate. God damn. How much were those consoles? The console yeah. was $1,000 back in 1990, which is, if you inflate today, is nearly two grand. That's fucked. And a cartridge each was over $600. That's fucked. Yeah, so you can tell not many people got to buy it and not many people did buy it or Why the it. fuck were they so expensive, do you know? Because they were actual physical made from the arcade machine made down into a console size. But still, yeah, is that how much it cost to make? I'm guessing it would have back then, but but it come down to, you got to understand how the Neo Geo worked, is when you bought a Neo Geo machine, it came with multiple ports. Mm. So one machine could have four games running on it. So, yeah, so what would happen is when you walked in, there would be on the machine, there'd be a button would be just dedicated to changing the game or what you wanted to pick. And Fuck so you switched between one of the four that you wanted to play, you put your money in and that would lock it in and then you play that game. Yeah. So that's how most people made their money off the Neo Geo machine is they buy one machine, which is a nice big red cabinet that stood out from everyone else and yeah. everything in the machine. And you had four games in there and you walk up and that way you could get the yearly King of Fighter would you would knew would be there. Yeah. Because someone would just replace the card and it would just be in the same machine every time. Yeah. And same with the yearly metal slug or any other ones and any other big money maker would be those two would be in there. Um so basically that's why it costs so much because uh, when the Mega Drive first came out, it was they were bragging that they could have arcade games working. They looked much, much worse on the Mega Drive, but they still got the games on there. Um, but yeah, Neo Geo was the one-for-one arcade conversion back then. And you got to remember, it was very, very expensive yeah. back then just for assembly and everything else yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk about old systems and shit. Me and uh, Nick have a, <laughs> a funny story that... Um, well, separate stories, but they're very similar, right? When I was younger, I um I had a Super Nintendo, all these games, mint condition, mint condition boxes. I was mwah, beautiful, like Donkey Kong 1, 2, and 3, perfect condition. They were amazing. I reckon they would have sold for fucking hundreds of dollars today. Easily. Um, Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> I think I had Aladdin. I had Super Mario All-Stars, Mario Paint, all perfect condition. It was beautiful. Ended up selling it for like everything for like 150 bucks. Oh. 
Oh, I want to punch ash. myself. Like I think about it today, I want to punch myself in the dick. And the reason why I sold all that shit is like the most embarrassing fucking reason. It was the first manifest. And I wanted coin to buy Animu shit. <laughs> God but damn. don't think in the long run though. <laughs> I did it because I was just a fucking, I can't remember. I, was, I think I was 15 at the time. Yeah, you're not, you don't think that far ahead just, or anything. I, I did it and I just think about it now. I'm like, you fucking idiot. Don't fucking sell your shit to buy Animu shit because you're not going to like that crap in you know, a few years. Yeah, most of the stuff that you enjoy mm. when you're younger has not aged well and everything. Yeah. Like, so, I can admit it's that Animu stuff. I was a big, big Love Hina fan. <laughs> Enormous Love Hina fan. But now when I rewatch it now, it's like, wow, I was really desperate to get laid, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is terrible. Yeah, pretty much. My mom was right. Yeah, I was watching Garbage. Yeah, uh, you had a, a similar thing, did you as well? I have two. I have two console <laughs> horror stories. Um, I well, I got a uh, Sega Saturn at launch, and remember, most of us as kids and everything, we don't remember how much it costs or anything because yeah. we don't look at the big price or anything else no. like that. I actually went to a website that recorded how much things cost come out in Australia just for gaming wise yep. of all the consoles, how much the games cost on average, and everything else like that. A Sega Saturn at launch cost $899. Holy fuck. $899. I had no idea. All I did was I bought a gut, the virtual cop with the gut, the plastic gun. And this is this is a genius story as I did as a kid. I said, hey, look, mom, I bought myself um, virtual cop and a gun for the Sega Saturn. And that's where she responded with saying, what, you don't own a Sega Saturn? It's like, yeah, I know, but Christmas is coming up. <laughs> and that was like a good seven or eight months. So that's plenty of time to save up for that and everything. Yeah. But I did not know it cost, if I knew it was 899 and I knew that now, I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry, mom. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, so sorry that I made you do that. But she bought it and everything and it was great. We came with a, a demo disc, which I played the hell out of, like the PlayStation 1 demo disc where they yeah. had all these good games on it. She also got a Daytona USA on the top of that as well. Nice. So yeah. me and my friends played the hell out of Virtual Cop and Daytona and everything. We just kept playing the demo discs and um, the Street Fighter Alpha 2 games. We kept running all the time and everything. Because yep. uh, Sega Saturn has a six-button six layout, like an arcade stick on the pad. <laughs> so it's very, very comfortable to use. And I gave away that system for free. To one Yay. of my friends. Because my mom said, you got an N64 from your dad. Why do you need a second game system? I was like, well, you're right. And off it went to Canberra <laughs> where he lived. <laughs> God damn. God and, damn. And then the next one is that I still had my Sega Master, uh, Mega Drive with the Sega CD attachment because dad didn't want to buy me a Super Nintendo and convinced me that buying the CD attachment, it was just as good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> thanks, dad. It's like, yeah, thanks, dad. The only way I could actually get a good game for... That would be uh, Police Noughts by Hideo Kojima. But, of course, you need a light gun and, you know, a working American or Japanese which wasn't released in PAL. So, yeah, the best game that didn't get released for us. <laughs> Same with Sonic CD. Most of it was a limited copies release and everything. Um, but, yeah, basically I took that into cash converters of the Mega Drive because I had an N64 and I wanted to get some more N64 games. So I had... Quite a lot of 
good games for the Mega Drive as I did, and I sold it all with the Sega CD attachment and games for 150 bucks. So I got uh. one controller and a memory card out of all that and everything. And I was like, yeah, now I can play my pro wrestling games on the N64 <laughs> and save the data. <laughs> God, if I had a time machine, I'd, I'd seriously go back and punch myself in the dick. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd do the proper shaking, the stranger coming into the house, stra- strangling the child, and no one would know what was going on. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. Put it in a box and just hold on to it for another 20 years. You'll be fine. <laughs> Talking about Sega. Do you remember um, oh, in Sydney they had Sega World, was it? Yes. I actually went to Sega Land. Uh, yeah, Sega, Sega Land or Sega World. Yeah. And it was enormous. Um, but so was- I-, I never went. So was it just a giant arcade? Yes, or it was, was a it like giant kind of like a theme yeah, park it was a, thing. Yeah, it was a giant Sega arcade. Yeah. Um. So when you went in there, they had not only their older systems and their, or their older cabinets like Outrun and Afterburner, which actually you sat in a pot in and actually gyrate around Damn. and everything when you use. Um. But they had um pretty much it was mostly Sega games, and you got to remember Sega also make the carnival games and stuff like that. So here's a fun pact: if anyone goes to Luna Park. And you go to the very back where the fun house is and everything, you'll see a punching or a strength machine there mm-hmm. and you'll see the Sega logo on that. And this is from like the 1900s or so. <laughs> That's how long this company has been around and everything. But yeah, but basically it was just full of a lot of um, selling Sega merch and a lot of the cabinets and stuff like that. And this is early. You got to remember this is like early 90s Sega. So this is Virtual Fighter 1 and 2, which. <laughs> wow, uh, the graphics are so good. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that people used to swarm those machines all the time yeah. back then. This is before Tekken or anything. So this, this was. This the, is proper 3D fighting. Like, this is the first ever arcade 3D fighter. Yeah. So this blew everyone's minds that basically that the characters had the proper movements and weights of martial art and everything, except when they jumped, they were on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, graphically wise, it just, every, it was, it was one of those games where people would stop once they would see it and look at it through the, the windows, and everything, and be actually in, physically impressed by what they mm. saw or anything versus today. You can have like, you know, we have like holograms today for advertising the billboards and everything. And everyone's like, eh, <laughs> no one just cares anymore. <laughs> hey, what's a game? That has that has made you go, whoa, those graphics are insane. Well, I actually can go back and look at older games and be very impressed because I understand the lower specs that they had to work I, with and I everything. De- definitely, like, I understand that, like, when they work with, but I, I'm just talking about just flat-out graphics-wise, something you've seen that you're going, holy shit, the budget on that must have been fucking tremendous i don't even want to know because i reckon i'll get mad just thinking about the budget of that game <laughs> i i would actually have to say the one game that actually really impressed me like visually and everything as it has to be god of war free on the playstation free yeah because the very opening of that game is you're fighting on the arm of a titan while climbing up and you can see all everything that's happening around it collapsing and everything yeah, in the battle nice. while falling at the same time yeah and it, you gotta remember the the graphical jump from kratos on the ps2 to the ps3 he went from you know ps2 like flat textures and everything to actually looking like an oil painting <laughs> like the character and all proper facial animations and everything else like that it's the perfect description I've heard of that game. It's an oil painting that has come to life. Really? Yeah. And, Damn. Um, yeah. I've been thinking about getting uh, playing God of War 3. I haven't played uh, – no, uh, the new God of War. God yeah, of the War newest 4? one is called um, Boy of War. 
boy of war. That's a boy. Father simulator. simulator. Yeah. God of simulator. It's God that's of a, War four. Yeah. Yeah. It's got. It's basically God of War four in the story yeah. wise. But um, do, do I have to play the other God of Wars to? Well, I would really recommend playing one, two, and three to see because God of War, the newest one, com- plays completely different from those other ones. Yeah. Because but story ca- wise, do I need to worry about it? Well, story wise is basically Kratos gets mad and kills everyone. <laughs> that, that's the story wise. You, okay, if you're cool. looking for anything deeper, you're not finding it there, people. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I don't mind playing games if they're visually fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, I'm totally cool with it. Like, I don't care. People go, oh, that they, they game's just, you know, graphics. Who cares? It doesn't have gameplay. No, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes people like that kind of shit. <laughs> like, it's okay. It's <laughs> okay just to like a game for its graphics, people. It's okay. You don't have to like it for get the gameplay. If you want to sit there and look at beautiful things that people have created, that's fine. <laughs> well, it makes sense. It's the, It would be in their budget to make a game that visually appealing. So if most of the work yeah. went to that, that's what they are trying to present. Yeah. It comes down to the argument of people saying like, you got to have a games that are going to be certain long hours or anything. No, there can be f- short games that are fantastic. Oh, like, yeah. One of my favorite games of all time, I can beat it in under an hour, which is Sonic Free on the Mega Drive. <laughs> but the fact is that a well-made game, even if it's like four hours long, it's still a very well-made game. Yeah, definitely. It's what becomes maddening is if you purposely, you, we can tell when the developer is purposely padding out the game, like perfect example, Final Fantasy 13 with its <laughs> 40 to 60 hour tutorial level, which, which no, no, mm. you have to teach the player ASAP how to get into the game yeah. and start okay. enjoying the game. Short story. I never really got into the Final Fantasy games, right? I tried to get into Final Fantasy 13. Yeah. Yeah. As your I, first one. Yeah. Yeah. Lightning, whatever. Yeah. That's what it is. Fighting for yeah. lightning, the main character. Yeah. I, 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 I bought that. I'm like, okay, I'll give Final Fantasy a shot. I'll try to get into it. I played it for like 30 hours. I'm like, this is boring as hell. Looked online and I heard, I was reading that the first 40 hours is like tutorial. I'm like, oh my God. Yes. As soon as I read that, I brought it back to JB Hi-Fi. I'm like, I want a refund. You did the right <laughs> give thing. Me my, give me my money back. <laughs> I'm going to make this for anyone that wants to get into Final Fantasy is... It don't play the NES ones because they are really, really hard and they are not good technically no. wise. <laughs> no, they're not really good technically wise at giving the player options and stuff. That's what makes them much, much harder. Yeah. Um, I would recommend for the Super Nintendo, um, it's Crystal something, but this was the purposely made to getting people into the sh- series. Mm. So it's an easier pickup. And then I recommend playing Final Fantasy Free, which is six in the tra- uh, traditional name, but that is a more straight forward to the point turn uh, turn ba- uh, turn based game same with seven yeah. as well it's mm. like i want the series to go back to that instead of all these other experimental ones they keep yeah. trying to make and everything like just yeah. like go back to turn-based <laughs> combat it works i heard a story about why they call it final fantasy right why the series is called that supposedly the guy who made it right i can't remember quite remember his name but he he worked on a whole bunch of other games before right yes and Final Fantasy was actually going to be the last game he worked on because if that game didn't take off, right? Well, actually, it didn't matter if the game was going to take off. He, he was actually just, I'm going to make a game. This is going to be my last game. After this, I'm going to go back to the corporate world and just do business stuff, right? Yeah. And so that's why he called it Final Fantasy. Yes. Because it was literally going to be his last game. And then all of a sudden, people were like, yeah, we want this game because it's just full of story and shit like that. That's what they were craving. Yeah. And- 
So he sold fucking thousands. And he's like, yeah, I'll make another one. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Same with um, the Dead or Alive series. Mm-hmm. That's why it was called Dead or Alive. It was the last... Stu- it was the last budget they, they could afford to make a game. And basically it was uh, Itagaki, who was the creator of Ninja Guy and everything, who was the head of the project. Mm. And he made for Tecmo, that's where they put him in charge of making a fighting game. And he was actually a big fan of Virtual Fighter. That's what he took his inspiration for, for the Daryl Live series yeah. and everything. And basically because of uh. that game's success, it actually saved Tecmo and continue on with the rest of it. And now they're going to kill the Dead or Alive series with this newest <laughs> release. So, say la vie. Come on, guys. It's okay to have big boobs in video games. Like, it's fine. It's okay oh. to have games with fan service. Okay, it's uh, called just, fan service for a reason. Just to catch up, people. Dead or Alive is a fighting game where it's just full of fan service. Yes. Like, Barbie doll girl women with... Big doll boom, men fighting like. doll women. That's what it is. Yes. This is it. It's, it's Barbie versus Ken, the fighting game. That's it, it's it's not my thing. I don't really like fighting games or uh, thing games like that, but like I can understand why people like to play those games, right? Yeah. Like the, the actual fighting combat is pretty tight. Yeah. But the gimmick on top of that is the big bouncy boobs that go fucking flying everywhere. Yeah, the Even costumes, though when the, the fan girls, service. Yeah. <laughs> like the women wearing nothing but a fucking tissue. Yeah. <laughs> and the boobs just fucking swinging everywhere, even though the girl's just standing still. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fan service, which is fine. It's what made money the last five games. And Why then, change it now? Yeah. So they're bringing out a new Dead or Alive where they're taking that out. Yeah. They've taken out the fan... This game is com- turned into a complete mess, basically. Like, the guy who was put in charge of it, he's basically, at the very start, kept saying, oh, we wanted to be, like, more visually appearing like the American comic book industry. And, of course, at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, nobody buys American comic books anymore. That's why manga is outselling it 10 to 1, but don't tell anyone that. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, yeah, now suddenly the game got delayed again. So it's now coming out in March, after it's supposed to have come out. And... Yeah. Everything I've seen to build up for this game is what not to do when you're trying to promote something. Yeah. It's so bad. Here's a perfect example. Um, there's a tournament that comes out every year, mid-year. It's called the Evo Tournament. This is the biggest fighting game tournament in the world. Yeah. This is where basically if you want to know how long a game fighting game has long stay is, is how long they will stay at Evo. So a good example is Smash Brothers Melee is still there at the main tournament stage. That's fucking hilarious, isn't it? That game came out how long ago and that's it's still fucking over there. 15 years ago, that's the thing. <laughs> um, and of course, nobody wants to acknowledge which game was the one that brought the publicity to Evo and that was Street Fighter Free Third Strike, which mm. everyone on the internet kept saying, no, that game's a failure, man. That game's a complete <laughs> failure and you think, oh, wait, it's the most watched Evo video of all time. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, basically we had the Evo tournament and this was meant to be Dead or Alive's world premiere, meaning this is your first chance for everyone to see the game, the tournament and everything else like that. This is not on the main card, but this, the cards that they have other games that are not on the main card, but they still have tournaments and everything. Mm -hmm. And when the world debut of this game came for the three days that it was me on, more people were watching Virtual Fighter 6 tournament which is nobody plays that game here in this country or the united <laughs> states and the only people that know about it are people that are living in japan arcades <laughs> living in japan arcades yeah living in the arcades actually know about it these people that walk by those arcades wouldn't even spot that game at times or thing and that got four times the amount of views than the dead or alive world <sighs> debut and everything it's like this is a, a but this is a dumpster fire that's about yeah. to happen 
That, that is. It's a fight. It's like all of it. It's all built up. And once that game launched, that's the match. It's just going to burn it all down. <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't mind games. Um, I don't mind creators or studios changing games up, right? Yeah. But never forget your core audience. They're the ones who buy your fucking games. Yeah. If you completely change it to fuck them over, like the the people who buy your game every single year, if you change it too much that it's not a game that they'll buy, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. I know people want to, these companies want to attract new audiences, but again, who are the people who are going to buy your games? Well, this is what I actually wanted to talk about. Um, you asked me about me and Costa working on our own game at the meantime. Yeah, the yeah development. You guys are. And what I did was I actually, there's a, a website called Masterclass, which uh, I recommend you check out as well, mm-hmm. is you can actually pay for experienced people. And I'm not joking, like Gordon Ramsay's even on there. He'll actually have cooking lessons on there for his yeah. class and everything. And the one lesson I paid for was Will Wright, the creator of SimCity, talking about game development. Mm-hmm. And basically what happened is Will Wright perfectly summed up when it came to it. It's like, one, game journalists don't know anything. That's what he said. He said they don't know anything about the development or anything of making the game or anything. He said, and two, he said you cannot predict who your market's going to be because when he was making SimCity, Will Wright wanted to make a game just about construction because he loved construction. Yeah, and that's another lesson he talks about: is make games that you are familiar with. Yeah. Things you know about it, well, things yeah, you love and enjoy and everything. Yeah. And that's what it is. He loved construction and building and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when he did it, he made a game that was about The Sims building everything, like building the houses, building everything else. He even made for the uh, demonstrations to his developers when working on it. He actually made doll houses and everything else like that, <laughs> like little neighborhoods and everything yeah. else physically and all that. And what happened was is that then they turned around and he found out that the majority of his audience were young girls and women because they wanted to use his game as a virtual dollhouse instead. (laughs) (laughs) And you can tell he looked a bit salty about admitting to that and everything because he wanted to make a great game about construction and all this work. And he's like, oh, the guys are going to love this and everything. And then he found out the majority of his audience were women. And as he said... That's just how it works. You can't predict of how it's going to work like yeah, that. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Yeah, that, that that's actually a really good. Um, that's some really good advice because you can target an audience, but you you can't predict the outcome. Yeah, you cannot predict the out- outcome. Yeah. It's basically. It's human nature in general. Some people will just be attracted to some things, and some aren't. Yeah. And I can exactly see why. Uh, why most girls would actually get into The Sims and everything, because like it is, it's virtual dollhouse. Yeah, and everything. Yeah, I can see that as well. Definitely. Also, this is a lesson Will Wright gave. It's okay to see if other developers are doing something. Nobody can copyright gameplay. If it works for your game, take it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it, this is the pros saying this and everything. So, yeah. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Another lesson is, is that 90% of people that, this is the known fi- figure, we've, we've got all the raw data, sale data and everything from the systems and everything else like that. Majority of people do not finish video games yeah. when they buy it. The majority. Yeah. So when it comes down Guilty. to it, so yeah, me as well. It's it's. I don't think it's physically possible to beat every game. Oh, fuck. I do Steam not think is just, Steam is the worst fucking thing. Yeah, Steam is the yeah. the guilt the guilt job basically. <laughs> yeah. the walk of shame. I just I I don't use Steam anymore for the fact that if I get a game right, I want to play it through. Yeah, and so I'd rather just spend a hundred dollars on a game that. Like, I'll play instead of spending $10 on a game that I'm never going to play. <laughs> yeah, that's the harsh reality of Steam sales is that you can get a lot of games for, like, $100 could get you up to easily 10 games if you want to and everything yeah. else like that. 
and but it's very easy for you to forget about it. <laughs> so yeah. just sit there and not get played at all or anything. Yeah, because my Steam library has like what five hundred games. Yeah, or same something. as well. <laughs> There's no way I played through all of them. <laughs> no, not a chance. <sighs> so, but yeah, but in case it comes down to so when it comes down to it, it's like you have to be first impressions count. So the start of the game is we have to you have to hit home straight away what the gameplay is going to be, what the concept is going to be. You have to get it all done within. You got to think about it. Try and entertain them within the first half an hour to an hour yeah. to them to keep playing. That's how it always works. Yeah. Um, example like Tetris. Tetris doesn't go even longer than 10 minutes at most for anyone, but it's gameplay instantly uh, connects with people and everything and they understand it straight away, yeah. which causes people to wanting to come back and play. Yeah, it. Tetris is one of those games that you can sit there and play five minutes. Cool. Or you can sit there and actually get lost in it. Oh, yeah. And play for like two hours and you're like, huh? <laughs> yeah, if you want to actually... Yeah, that's one of the best things. It's like sometimes... That's what I regularly try to play once a week is Tetris. Yeah. And I always like to compare scores that I get from it each time and everything. And I get better bit by bit by bit yeah, by bit. but it's just one of those games that just eats at you somehow. Like, eats your time. It's a time waster. <laughs> yeah, well, all video games are time yeah, wasters. But but there, there are some that are just that good at wasting your time i oh, remember yeah. when plants versus zombies first came out yeah i remember playing it i'm like oh this is all right I'll, I'll you know kill an hour or so playing it i played it for like fucking six hours i didn't even know that yeah. i played it for six hours i'm like holy shit that's how? when you know you played a good game is that how it the hell? that long holy crap some some games are literally built just to kind of put you in a trance somehow i don't know how this shit happens it just does <laughs> Well, it gets you. Well, we all know it's um, a dopamine hit, basically, yeah. for everything. But it's basically it's a game designed that well enough and quick enough for you to understand and pick up that makes that dopamine hit, and that's when you, that's what causes the trance and everything. It's not like the game is <laughs> mythical or anything else like that. It's it's exactly it's the same as gambling. It's just to get you a page like it's for you to put up with something long enough to keep you going and everything. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> Um, um, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, anything else to talk about? Uh, I've got some websites I could recommend for YouTubes. Anyone okay. who like, wants to see any, uh, I got some, again, because I talk about live retro games and everything. I've got some yeah. channels of um, people who I've actually learned of other games and everything that I never even heard of or anything for these people. Because let's be honest, most people that make content on the internet talking about video games the top <laughs> same 10 list i bet you if they say it's top 10 nes games you're gonna go let me guess mario free is gonna be number one <laughs> this one's gonna be number two we know because everyone's repeating the same thing oh, again and right. again yeah. and again they're all repeating exactly the mainstream what it is and everything one channel i'd really like to recommend for retro gaming is called snes drunk snes drunk it's yeah. basically this guy who's played through uh, Super Nintendo games. Uh, he plays some Mega Drive, uh, Mega Drive games or other games, but he actually finds the more obscure niche ones and actually breaks down their gameplay and everything. That's cool. Um, okay. I actually learned a lot more about good Super Nintendo games through him than anyone else because, again, the same top ten. It's like, well, let me guess. It's going to be Super Mario Brothers. It's going to be Mario <laughs> Kart. And it's gonna, yeah, it's, it's the same ones, the same Nintendo games everyone says again Yo. and again. Uh, another one is called the what I mentioned earlier, the Gaming Brit Show. He's a much younger man who got in through the PS2 gaming era and loves action games. So he actually talks a lot about Devil May Cry, Bayonetta. He actually breaks those games down mechanically oh, and everything yeah. and talks about it. Um, another one is Larry Bundy Jr. or some people will call him on YouTube just to look up Guru Larry. This guy is the autism of retro <laughs> British consoles. Like you actually learn... Because, again, that's another narrative that passed around the gaming. It's just like, oh, gaming died once 
before when the Atari came out and everything else. It's like, no, there were other systems that kept existing in the UK and everywhere else that kept going before the NES yeah. came out. And Guru Larry breaks that down and ch- talks about all those older systems. And yep. he actually does a lot of good research too of like other past controversies and everything else like that yeah. too. Um, you can tell because he's got a big voice like this and everything. <laughs> <laughs> hello. There's like, hello, you. That big British accent. Yeah, he's like, hello, you. Now it's time to talk about this part of gaming. <laughs> Love your look, love your work, Guru Larry. I've been listening to you since your first debuted on Screw Attack all those years, like well, over Fucking ten years really? ago. Really? Yeah, around ten years well, ago. Screw Attack was still a thing, <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't Death Battle. <laughs> yeah, when it wasn't Death Battle, when they actually had gaming content. Yeah, a lot of people I actually saw first debut like through that website, like Razor Fist, another channel I recommend. He debuted on Screw Attack as well. He did too, didn't he? I forget. I always forget about that. Yeah, because at one point, uh, Screw Attack was actually opened. They called it the Screw Attack community, where they could allow anyone to upload videos at the time. Yeah. And basically, uh, Guru Larry was one of them, and another one was Razor Fist. Yeah. And then, of course, they could also do that on another website called Game Trailers. And Razor Fist became mostly big because they banned him from. <laughs> game trailers <laughs> did and he they did, really yeah because he was actually talking about like current politics at the uh, he was talking about a game at a time and he's just like nothing's more fun playing a game on xbox live than having a 13 year old mexican kid yelling slurs at you and he got banned for saying the word mexican <laughs> uh yeah so he's a really good but uh he's more of um if anyone's more interested in like action movies or even um metal review albums and everything he's really great to watch oh, yeah. I, actually, I love his me- that his uh, music mythos yeah music stuff. mythos where he breaks he down really, bands yeah. and everything like, like his Mike, his, his Michael Jackson and Queen ones are phenomenal to watch yeah, of how awesome. much research and everything that he puts into it as well and everything and mm-hmm. uh, other ones to <clears throat> Mention as well. I already mentioned the gaming Brit show and everything. Yeah, that's most of the gaming stuff. Another last one would be another person that originally debuted on Screw Attack. Uh, he was called the hap- the the Happy Gamer because there was a contest. I, think I on- remember him. Yeah, there was a get, but I've got his new channel name and everything because yeah. there was a contest on GameTrailers.com. This is now a dead website, so don't bother looking yeah, up. Um, <laughs> where they had a contest called Out Nerd the Nerd because Angry Video Game Nerd was bringing in the big bucks then yeah. of all the views and everything. So they had a contest of who could make. Uh, an angry video game nerd episode out nerd the nerd right yeah and this guy turned out out of nowhere called one happy gamer where he did the pole opposite where he was actually really positive about games that he liked yeah, and he I drank wine that. but he actually recommended a game which uh you might be actually interested in checking out it's called it's called journey to silius or silius yeah that is actually supposed to be the Terminator game where you play as John Connor. Oh, shit. but they lost Sounds the license. Cool. But they lost the license because Terminator Two was about to come out. Yeah. So they cut. They renamed it to Journey to Silius, but you can still see the T one thousands and everything are still in that <laughs> game and everything <laughs> too. Cool. Yeah, like I, I don't take much faith in video game critics at all. No. Like any recommendation, especially ones where they're like, "Oh, this game sucks." I like recommendations where they're like, oh, this game's good, check it out. But I absolutely hate it where like, this game sucks, don't play it, blah, blah, blah. Um, not like the nerd, because he that's a full parody. Thing. Yeah, that's a parody. He, he, he's yeah. doing a parody of, the, the angry video game nerd is a parody of angry video game nerds. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember my turning point for when I realized game journalists sucked was zero punctuation yeah i remember watching his review on mass effect and thinking like i'm never gonna play that game that sounds crap i played it and i'm like 
what the hell is he talking about? This yeah. game is one of the most amazing games I've ever played in my life. Yeah. You got to remember there's a personal bias between a lot of these game journalists yeah. as well. Like Yahtzee comes down to, unless it's or, or zero punctuation. This Yahtzee, is a person, zero punctuation, yeah. Yeah, basically, unless it's a point and click adventure, he'll praise it. Yeah. That's what I've learned more than anything else. It's basically... He's said, and he's because I've watched videos of him talking of other things. He's in this mindset that point and click adventures just disappeared and never appeared again. It's but like, they're everywhere. No, they're everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. He's just someone who's completely out of the loop. Another example is like Movie Bob as well. He's completely out of the loop when it comes to modern gaming. One hundred percent. Everything I've read and everything else is like that. He like complains that we don't get the older series that come back. Yeah, we do. This is what happens. Deletes my comment. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> did he really? Yeah, he deleted my comment because he was he was complaining that we didn't get any more uh, Monster Boys. I'm like, yeah, we just got it announced at this E3. Didn't you see it? It was this one, and I put I posted a trailer, and he deleted it anyway because he wants to keep in his own little bubble that is the big bad new industry that pushed out yeah, the older stuff. Yeah, remember those fucking game journals? Fucking yeah, Yahtzee, um, Movie Bob. Uh, who's that other fat guy? Sterling. G- yeah, Jim Sterling. <laughs> Mr. Consumer Advocate, unless it's my friends doing it, which I won't tell anyone about that. What's funny is these guys were on point a lot. Yeah. Back when they first started, they brought out a lot of content that was on point. I Like, I agreed with a lot of their oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then there was just a huge turning point where you're like, hmm. <laughs> well, it, it came a turning that point. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, it became a turning point. It was when they decided to bring their own politics into it. Yeah, Instead that's of just true. talking about the product itself. I think, I think a really big turning point when it came to me when I knew I'd stop listening to Game Journalist 101, it was I remember watching a video from GameSpot and they were talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the arcade game made by Capcom. This game is phenomenal, by the way, if anyone wants to look it up. Um, amazing fighting game and everything else like that. Guy who reviewed it had no fucking clue about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and he just ragged on the entire game. Game looks shit. Game's character looks like shitty. I don't like how they look or anything else like that. Yeah, uh, four out of ten. Okay, what? And that's just like, well, what is that? That's exactly the main point is that you're giving games to be reviewed by people who are not fans of the genres Mm. or at the same time they're giving it and it's their job because they have to grind it out to make the you know, to make, to get the quickest clickbait article as possible and everything yeah. else like that. And once that comes into sessions, it's just like, well, are you going to get anything, an honest review ever when it yeah. comes from that kind of scenario? Yeah. That, there's just too much bias in video, in, in any kind of journalism like that. Movie oh, yes. journalism, music journalism. Music oh yeah. Journalism. When it comes to film journalism, so sorry, bias. not everyone's going to make Citizen Kane. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's no. how it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People put their own bias in these review, in reviews, game critics, movie critics, they, they put their own bias. That's why I do not like to listen to critics at all. They just, they can fuck off. <laughs> well, that's it. It's just their opinion. It's perfect subject. Well, it's just your opinion, man. <laughs> that, that, that's all it is. It's like there's people that are like avidly against 3D animation. It's like, no, there's nothing wrong with 3D animation. It's how it's handled. Same yeah. with 2D animation. And you can make badly drawn and animated 2D animation just the same as badly drawn and animated 3D animation. Yeah. The problem is, is that you just try to blame the entire a tool for the entire medium. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not how it is. It's like it comes that like here's a great example. Like modern anime, when they try most of them when they try to use like 3D CG computer graphics, most of them are, are flatly bad. Yeah. Like they don't understand how they have to render it correctly so it doesn't put off the 2D drawing. Yeah. Like you can clearly notice it. Like great example, Goblin Slayer. He sticks out like such a sore thumb in that 3D armor yeah, and everything he, he walks around. <laughs> Everyone else is nicely 2D hand drawn and everything except him. And it's just yeah. like, hmm, it sticks out really, really badly. Yep. Do you know what uses 3D animation and 2D animation really well? 
Samurai Jack. Yes, absolutely. Holy crap. Phenomenally used as well because, again, they properly animate the characters with the 3D objects. And they have a mode because that's the next problem is that you have the 3D animated objects moving at a different speed to the 2D animation one. You have to have it all syncing together. Yeah. Uh, I just want to go back to that whole game critic thing about how um, I – with zero punctuation and Mass Effect, right? I just – I want to kind of finish that story off. When I first watched his review on it, right? He's like, oh, it's crap. I'm like, I'm never going to play this game, right? And then I, I I didn't play it, right? Mass Effect 2 came out and then one of my friends are like, dude, you, you got to play it. This is one of the greatest games. I'm like, I, I can't play Mass Effect 2. I need to play the first one. I'm, I won't get the story, blah, blah, blah. He's just like, just go get it. It's like 10 bucks at the bargain bin of JB. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Played it and that's what I'm just fucking red pill moment. Game journalism sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Just straight up. One of the greatest games I've ever played. Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. Some of the greatest games. And to be honest, the whole Mass Effect 3 controversy, uh, uh, controversy where people were freaking out, oh, my choices didn't matter, blah, blah, this, blah, 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 blah. When I first played that game and I went through it, right? I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. It, it didn't take away from my first playthrough from it. Yeah. Like when I found out about how your choices really didn't matter in the end, I guess changed how I felt after the fact. But when I played it and I got to the end and I finished the game, I just, I had all those feels and it, like I still had that moment. Yeah. <laughs> and well, you're still immersed. Freaking, That's yeah. what made it anything else. It just yeah. comes down to, I think, well, when it came to that controversy, I think it was a very loud vocal minority more than anything else that really made up a big stink. (laughs) Well, EA stock still fell after that, but that always happens with anything EA related. But but it comes down to if you play one, two, and three, can you also can you honestly say that they're all bad games? No, they. It's actually a good trilogy. Holy crap! It was actually a really. I'm not sure if I could say it's a perfect trilogy in video game wise. I haven't played a a trilogy quite like it before. One that interconnects. That yeah, it's just. Beautiful. And then Mass Effect Andromeda came out and I played that and it was terrible. Yes. <laughs> then that killed the series. That definitely <laughs> killed the series. Like, and I actually did play that and that was terrible. Like, yeah. oh, what the fuck, critics? You're saying this is actually pretty good. Yeah, again, that's another factor is... Like I said, if it comes down to we were talking before about advertisement that controls everything, do you think any of the websites are going to give it a bad score when their website is plastered with ads full of Mass Effect Andromeda? What the fuck? How did they... Why were they saying that game was good? It was not good. Am I just wrong? Or, or is it me that's wrong? Or is it the children that are wrong? <laughs> no, no, the fact is, Kyle, is that... No, it was that they were paid yeah. by EA to give it good reviews. Because if you look at all the websites, because we don't turn off Adblock, yeah. because nobody should use the internet without Adblock, by the way, <laughs> yep. is basically if you went to any of those game sites when the, those reviews dropped was that they were plastered with Mass Effect Andromeda ads oh. and everything. So it's like, gee, I wonder what's going to happen to that score now. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. And it was just the opposite. Just why game journalism? Fuck off. Yeah. That's why Nintendo, they did the genius move for doing the Nintendo Direct at uh, E3. Yeah. Cut the journalist out. Yeah, that's what it is. Just show it, make the show. Don't need to have a, there's no reason to have a giant auditorium just to show off video games anymore. To journalists. <laughs> yeah, just to journalists. Show it yeah. to everyone across yeah. the planet all at once. Yeah, makes no point like, traveling to E3 because we got to see all the trailers. Yeah, you can do that shit online for free now. Yeah. Like, 
And yeah. that is the, that is the exact How much are those auditoriums, like fucking in the hundreds of thousands to rent out? More than half a million to rent out yeah. for one sh- for one screening. Yeah, that's fucked. <laughs> yeah, so I can understand why a lot of them, why they instantly turned around and said, no, there's no point of doing that. Yeah. I, I always loved rating those, uh, the E3 showings though. Oh, yeah. Nintendo always came out pretty good because they always had the hottest oh, women. But when they, <laughs> oh, but when they dropped the ball, they did it spectacularly. Yeah. Like that Wii Music presentation, that is just them falling down the stairs constantly. (laughs) (laughs) No, I still say the biggest one, or the biggest mess up one, still goes to Microsoft when they announced the Xbox One and everything. And it was going to be the online only and no use games. And by the way, EA Executive was the one standing up and applauding that decision when it was announced and everything. So they charge whatever the fuck they want for that. Yeah. And basically that's when they just kept, and that's what I knew it was such a bad presentation was when the first packs came around in Australia, they had it. Remember it was front and center, the Xbox one in the glass case and everyone did every, the crowd to diverge around (laughs) the Microsoft booth. Nobody wanted anything to do with that. (laughs) Poor Microsoft. (laughs) Just me and Nick were talking about this before the podcast about how, Physical media for games is dying. It's slowly getting phased out. The only physical media will be like retro shit, like I'd say in another 10, 15 years. Yeah. Like digital, um, physical media is going to be definitely phased out. Uh, digital media will have to either shrink like they've done with the Switch, make it down smaller and everything uh, else yeah, like definitely. that. Yeah, we'll, definitely. But we'll talk about this before the podcast. And physical media and digital media is the same price at the moment, right? Like, look at the Nintendo eShop. You'll buy the... I saw this video the other day, so I should start with some context. I saw this video the other day. I can't remember what YouTube channel it was, but they were explaining about how... Why digital media is the exact same price as physical media, right? When reality, digital media should be cheaper. Companies like GameSpot and uh, EB... They're the same company, by the way. Oh, are they? Yeah, they're the Shit, same yeah, ownership. they are too, are they? Yeah. They've got the same mascots. Yeah. Yeah, they're fucking rabbit thing. All right. So GameSpot for you Americans and EB for us Australians. And I don't know what fucking Brits have, whatever. They have GameSpot now. They used to have EB. Oh, really? Okay, cool. So we'll get GameSpot soon as well. They basically control. So these retailers control how much digital media costs at the moment. Because physical media is still probably their biggest company's biggest uh, market. They probably make most of their money through the physical media, right? GameSpot and stuff can dictate how much the digital media costs because they can go to the company, hey, you need to sell those digital games for the exact same price as the physical games or we are not going to store your games in shop. And it it strong arms companies like Nintendo and Sony and and Microsoft into charging the exact same price for a digital copy as the um, physical copy it's really bullshit so guys don't don't blame nintendo and stuff for that kind of crap blame fucking GameSpot. yes blame <laughs> the cunts. big video game retail chains because they should have gone away a long time ago by now <laughs> yeah, compared terrible. to like jb and everyone else that actually sell video games they're not very good at doing it yeah it's their one job too and they can't even do it right <laughs> Every time I go into EB games, it's like, oh, goody, I can't wait to go into Baghdad because how unorganized and <laughs> how mess. It looks like someone just blew up there. <laughs> Not just that. They're always having a fucking sale. Oh, Have yeah. There's sales that? everywhere that block you from getting in. <laughs> yeah, just There's always red banners outside of EBs, like fucking 30% off sale. What? <laughs> and like then when every you go, time. And then when you go for their used bin cases, they take like, you can tell they got it off like, 
someone had to steal us or something else like that. <laughs> they just got a disc that's scratched to hell in a clear plastic case with a marker written on it, and they want 20 bucks for that still. It's like, <laughs> no. It's like, have you ever gone to an EB that have has not been having a sale? No. I, I, I've never <laughs> been to an EB where, they, where they're not having a sale. <laughs> well, I, well, I don't shop at EB anymore because they screwed me off on a pre-order one time. Well, th- they fucking charge horrendously for video games anyway most yeah. video games that you buy from them like i was i was talking to um oh, who was it? uh one of uh, a friend's friend he was talking about switch games and he wanted to buy zelda but it was too expensive he's like it's 100 bucks i'm like no it's not it's like 79 dollars it's like no it's not it's 100 dollars i'm like no it's like 79 dollars from jb hi-fi or target he's like what do you mean i'm like yeah if you go to target or jb hi-fi you can get it for like 70 bucks yeah and he's like I buy all my stuff from uh, uh, EB. I'm like, well, that's your problem. <laughs> Dude, stop buying from EB. <laughs> also, a reminder, anyone that does own a Switch, just remember there's no region locking on it as well. Oh, yeah. So if you can see a sales that are going on in the United States or anywhere else, buy them up because they will work on your systems and they're still English. I always forget that. Shit. That's right. Everyone forgets that, that it's not, does, it doesn't have a region lock. So if you see those sales, like because we see the America Americans when they have the um, Black Friday sales and everything else like that, mm. or when they have their mid-year sales and everything, all their games come to, physical games come to cheap. PlayAsia is still a thing? Yeah, PlayAsia is still a thing. Yeah. Um, PlayAsia uh, also announced lately that there's going to be a Switch version of the Dead or Alive volleyball games, which will be uncensored with oh, English shit, subtitles. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, you're going to be jumping on that. <laughs> By the way, that was the most sold game in PlayAsia history, which was Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball Free for the PlayStation Free. It, wasn't there a whole controversial behind controversy behind that? Yes. Basically, the developers said they didn't want to release it because they thought that feminists were going to get mad at them over it. And even the head of Sony said it was a very regrettable decision mm-hmm. because the only way you could actually play that game is if you got if you're in English speaking countries, is that you had to import a PS4 version that was released in Asia, which is our section of the ocean, everything, with yeah. English subtitles. That was the most ordered game in players' history. They showed their warehouse, which was full of rows and rows and rows <laughs> of boxes of this game. Because that they said it outsold easily outsold the first two other Dead or Alive games as well, very easily in the sale numbers they did. But yet they won't release physical copies here or anything else like that. So you have to import it through. So that's just burning the bridge. I don't see it. They can see they're getting the sales, but they don't want to do that. But this has been this has been a long, long history of like that in video games. Like it, I think the earliest I actually remember about this that is affected was the Final Fight series. Yeah, like the very first one. Because remember, Poison got changed into a man. Yeah, and then I actually end up and I actually investigated why that happened and everything. And there's actually old interviews with the Japanese de- developers of Capcom, and they said they were actually terrified that feminists were going to protest their game because you beat up women. So this oh, shit okay. has been affecting us since the early Fuck. '90s, all the way. We're just dealing with the same old problems again uh, and again and again. Gosh, <laughs> like I don't think my eyes can roll that far back of my head. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think that's a, a good time to leave it, actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> Just, a good catch-out um, and everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks, Nick, for coming and co-hosting with me today, actually. It was uh, really fun. Uh, basically talked about video games today, which yeah. is really cool. Trust me, I'm very, very... It's, <laughs> if, I'm sure I'm aut- I have autism somewhere when it comes to video game related or yep. pro wrestling or MMA. That's basically Normally, it. we uh, talk... Just, we, we do talk about video games, but not this in-depth into them. Yeah. So it was actually... Uh, 
a nice change of pace because I, I love my video games. Video games. <laughs> video games. Games of video. First, we'd like to say always a shout out to Carbon Water, who's a oh, friend yeah. of ours, a great animator. He works really hard, does frame by frame animations every time. Yeah, he did our logo. Yeah, Carbon he did Waters, the damn fancy dinosaur logo. Dinosaurs. Really cool guy. Go check out his channel and everything. Uh, give him a like, give him a thumbs up, whatever works out for you. Uh, the other gaming websites that I mentioned, as I was saying before, the Happy Get console game is now called Stop Skeletons From Fighting on YouTube as well, where he makes uh, talks about different videos and everything. Another one, actual game review I actually do trust called Pro Jared because he actually plays through all the games and uh, everything. I like Pro Jared. He's awesome. That's what I said. I recommend it, Pro yeah, Jared. definitely. Uh, another one, Video Game Donkey, of course. Anyone who's not heard of Video Game Donkey should be <laughs> no, watching. I feel like his, t- his videos are getting a bit old, yeah, stale. He's getting literally. a bit stale, but he's basically, he makes the parody of game reviews and everything. Yeah, and everything, he does. <laughs> which is always fun. Uh, Razor Fist, again, for more uh, technical breakdowns of games and music and entertainment as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guru Larry for more of the retro stuff or called uh, Larry Bundy Jr. His website is the correct name. And lastly, the Gaming Brit Show for anyone that's fans of action games, of actual guy who will put into the effort. And lastly, uh, any gaming channel anyone should really check out, even though they've broken up recently, which broke my heart, which is best Fa- Two Best Friends Play, oh, uh, which yeah. they, they made their series called Friday Night Fisty Cuffs, which... Uh, every Friday they used to upload them playing fighting games every time and they used to just shoot the shit and enjoy themselves yeah. and everything too so those are really Sorry, good there's a gap there now we could fill it yeah we'll, we'll <laughs> fill that gap easy but yeah those are the channels I recommend for the gaming side and just yeah just enjoy and keep doing what yeah, you enjoy definitely alright anyway guys um, uh, don't forget to check out our Instagram Dem Fancy Dinosaurs hashtag uh, you can find us on Podbean just search for Dem Fancy Dinosaurs also iTunes and uh, other po- podcast places on the internet on them interwebs just google us them fancy dinosaurs surf anyway. them internet <laughs> surf them internet <laughs> <laughs> sorry nick the other guy normally does the outro so i'm like uh <laughs> anyway don't forget to subscribe and smash that like button thanks see you later see you have bye. a good day bye